Hello and welcome to the first of our series of podcasts focusing on new world, new skills. I'm Rachel Golly from New Ventures at PwC. In this podcast, we'll chat to people from business, education and community who are not afraid to challenge the status quo in education, skills and the future of work. We'll be discussing the hot topics around what we need to do to create the right environment and opportunities to inspire people to continuously upskill. I'm delighted to be joined by Owen Sims, the Skateboarding Senior Policy Advisor for CBI-NI, and our very own Steph Gowdy, Head of Student Recruitment for PwC. Hi Rachel. Hi Rachel. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Today we are focusing on skills or upskilling. Um, That's our hot topic and me being me, I just want to jump straight in. So the data says the lack of skills are harming our country's competitiveness, growth and corporate productivity. That more than 80% of companies are reporting that the lack of skills are a problem. It's either a skills mismatch or they're completely missing. So that's kind of like the headline piece. Mm-hmm. On this is your territory, I'm going to hand it over to you to sort of give us, you know, a bit beyond the headlines. What are the actual stats? Sure. So um, there's been a lot of research undertaken over the last year uh, that looks at the market for skills in Northern Ireland. Um, the 2019 Skills Barometer, um, written by the Ulster University, um, found that technology and computer science had the largest supply gap by quite a significant margin. Uh, CBI's research, so um, our research, uh, tried to try to unravel that a bit more to see exactly what size was the skills gap and where where were was it just a people gap. Or was it just a mismatch of people or was it a mismatch of skills themselves? Um, so we specifically looked at uh, digital uh, and technology and with the fourth industrial revolution and the increased digitization of products and processes and services, uh, skills um, in the development and use of technology have been, uh, been demanded, um, not just in the traditional technology and software development companies, but in finance, law and manufacturing. We find that 86% of NI companies uh, claimed that they were experiencing digital skills shortages. So skills and not just not just technologists, not just programmers, but people who kind of were aware of how to use technology and utilize technology to provide their service or product. So the biggest reported skills gap um, was in kind of software engineering and development. It's about ninety three percent of companies that um, would would demand uh, that kind of uh, that kind of talent find a, a big struggle in trying to uh, hire it. Artificial intelligence specialists, 73% of companies. Data scientists, 70% of companies. And cybersecurity um, specialists, uh, 68% of companies. Okay, so this is where I'm going to maybe challenge uh, around what's happening here. This, this, I hear this a lot. I work in tech. I have been an engineer. That We hear the focus that the software engineering, it's tech, it's STEM, these are the agendas that we're pushing. And I'm going to challenge the fact that, is that the wrong focus? Are we focusing, we're asking the wrong questions, that it's not about being able to software engineer or go to university to do software engineering. I'm, if I'm hiring, I concern more about what are you like as a human? Can you be creative? Can you think? Because the world is evolving so quickly that the idea of what I learned today or what I learned at university might not be relevant. So that, that's my challenge to you. If you look at the headline stats, that that's quite damning. But then if we delve a bit deeper, what are we really wanting as employers? Maybe this is where you can come in, uh, Steph. Yeah, I think you're right, Rich. I think there is two strands to it. I mean, certainly as a business and, and 
following on from Owen's research, there is a need for technical individuals. But um, when we look at future work, we look at the skills that are needed. It is much broader than that. You know, we are a business that will be tech enabled. Um, and that means that regardless of where you work in this business, you're going to need a certain set of skills. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you need those software development skills. So if you look at um, our business and, and what the future looks like, um, as a, a recruiter, I often talk about the four C's, you know, the creativity that you mentioned, communication skills, collaboration, critical thinkers. Those are absolutely fundamental skills that we need to grow this business, regardless of where you work. I think on the other side of the, the coin, just happening again on the research piece, we do see a need for more technical people in pockets of our business. So if you look at the stuff that we're doing around the apprenticeship schemes, we need to grow our own because a skill set exists. So we have been working with the university to really forward plan and think about how do we get that resource now? How do we help schools, students, parents, build that pipeline of people, give them the opportunity to experience a degree, but back to your point, have the human skills. So our program introduces work experience over the course of a degree program so that when they do come into your business, they are human and they understand all the softer skills that are equally as important as those technical skills that you referenced. Yeah, so I think maybe go back to you, is this the kind of where we're heading that we're recognizing this that we are recognizing that yes there's this tech gap but rather than focusing on solving that and just telling people to do this as a career and you know pick it at GCSE level and go software engineering actually do we want more rounded individuals to come in and know exactly. that us as employers that mm -hmm. we can actually work with you and we'll develop you and whatever's relevant in the moment we need to know more data analytics we can do that or software engineering or something else is that the future really more than that do you think we're maybe going down the specialisms too early, that, that this is, you, you go oddly niche, or? Yeah, well, um, there are a few things to kind of untangle there. You know, um, there's, a, there's a more of an onus for companies to um, upskill and retrain their own existing employees um, because their jobs are changing. Um, the employees may not be in the same career um, and, and the career might change um, quite a bit. So um, there's, a, there's a complete onus on, on the companies trying to, trying to drive this. Um, whether or not they're specializing too early is really is really um, interesting. Um, the solution might not just be to drive STEM alone, uh, but rather use um, and adopt technologies um, and, and skill sets uh, to complement existing and traditional disciplines uh, and professions as well. So, so it might not. So, so there is kind of there is kind of uh, there's a real question there as, as, as are we specializing too early? Um, but there's also the specializations that do exist, say, in economics or law. Um, there is a greater emphasis to kind of use these critical thinking tools, use these um, maybe pieces of software, pieces of technology um, within kind of a university or FE setting uh, to kind of upskill as they, as they learn. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting because a question I often get asked, having been a software engineer and in my job was like, my child is picking GCSEs A-levels, what would you recommend? And I still recommend the classics. So I still recommend science, history, geography, because at that age, I want you to know about the world. I want you to know about science. I want you to appreciate art. All the things I think make you well-rounded. And Steph, what do you think? Is that, is that where we're heading towards? That the idea is well-rounded individuals, you said before, that we don't need to specialize at 15 and know that you're going to be doing software engineering. 
I think that is a lovely picture that you yeah. paint. <laughs> I think in reality, we have students who are going through an education system that is measured by results. So students are asked to pick subjects that they think will ultimately lead to what their A-level choices will be, whether they want to go to university or whether they don't want to go to university, what the profession looks like. Some professions dictate A-level requirements, as do GCSEs. I went to university in the States um, when I was doing my PhD and uh, noticed they had a really different structure uh, than what we have in the UK. Um, so whenever um, sophomores like undergrads started university, they started and they were kind of asked to choose um, a whole lot of different, a whole lot of range of different modules. Um, so say if you were just, if you really wanted to do computer science, you might also do psychology or economics or biology or, or, or chemistry or something. And not only did that show, did that give kind of students a bit more awareness about the opportunities that were out there in different fields, but it also gave them a really good insight as to how their field can influence others, right? Right. So, so how can computer science help economists? How can how can data science, for example, uh, help um, uh, biologists? You know, why does why is psychology extremely important when you're designing UI? Um, these things are are, are these things are different from what we have in the UK. Um, yeah, so I think that's the, the question that would rise in my head then. Is there stuff that we can learn from other places? Like I spent some time in Finland and I love the education system there. Mm -hmm. It's play-based until seven, so you get to play longer. They don't really... <laughs> Always good. <laughs> yeah, but that sets in a mindset of creativity, right? Yeah, so yeah, the yeah, idea yeah. is um, there's less homework. Uh, it's taught within the school environment. And that the idea is that we that you pick whatever interests you. So I was with a bunch of computer scientists who were all studying, studying philosophy and the history of art or whatever interests them. And that was because they were interested and they also have a lifelong learning that education is free. Most mm -hmm. people go back in retirement and learn some more or continue throughout their life. And the thing that really hit me, there was this not classism that the university was not the thing that everybody aspired to go to. Um, it was not that apprenticeships yeah. actually the norm. So do you think it's kind of the, the cultural thing that are we ready for a different education system? Is that what you're saying is death around the parents and who we are um, and what we do that it's hard to get out of the mindset of how things have already been always been done? Is that the challenge that we're actually facing? I think so. I mean, yeah, we still have a traditional approach to education. You know, you do your GCSEs, you do your A-levels, most likely will go to university, particularly in Northern Ireland where we do have a landscape where fees didn't change. You know, you can still go here and not necessarily have to pay the massive price for going. Um, apprenticeships, the, the, I think there is a massive sea change there, which mm -hmm. is great to see. You know, apprenticeships were previously deemed as your lower level, um, you know, on the job, finished GCSEs. That has changed dramatically and it's great to see the variety that now exists. Is everybody aware of that? I, I think again it's back to that piece around how do we we put that in front of the right people, the influencers as I, as I call them, the teachers, the parents and the students. They're the ones making the decisions and they need to be cited on the opportunity that now exists in those areas. And it's not a career limiting yes. prospect. Mm -hmm. It actually gives you, if you look at the models in apprenticeship, you're learning whilst working, whilst earning. Yeah. Yes. You know? That's a obvious choice and probably imagine Owen, you're like me, that you spend an extensive time in education. Yeah. And if I was 18 now, apprenticeship is the only thing that would make sense. There's no, to question. There's no it's, question. It's, it's so I went through university uh, 10 years ago and uh, those options weren't, 
weren't really weren't available at that time. So so this got brought in, I guess, two thousand eleven mm-hmm. uh, changes. Um, so those 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 Brits weren't available at that time, and higher level apprenticeships, unbelievable. So I I spent. Um, I did a very traditional, you know, undergrad for um, three years, masters, and then PhD, and uh, came out at the end. And if there was an option to go to university, get some insight in the world of work, get a broad insight, because you know, if you if you go go into somewhere like PwC, you know, you're not just in your economics class, right? You know, you're not just talking to people that are that are looking at that are studying economists. You're you're integrating with a whole lot of different ranges of of people and 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 cultures, and that broadens you as a person. Hundred percent, and I think that's the thing. It wasn't really an option, and it's interesting now again with keep your options open at education level, but after that apprenticeships, and it's often met with surprise if I'm chatting to people, to parents, or that. But you, you spent a long time. At, in education yes that was then the world has moved on and this is what my recommendation this is what i think is a great opportunity when you speak it out loud sometimes people think it's too good to be true that yes. i'm being paid i'm learning i'm getting an education what's the catch so again it's this kind of awareness piece and i think times are changing we are moving but it is a bit slow and sometimes come back it's not the schools and the parents need to be feeding this through um to people um one thing I, I want to bring up again that's harking back to your stats that I think mm-hmm. is quite interesting. I think it's the day of the engineers, the minute engineers in the world that I came from, that the idea is because there's such a high price on their skills and demand yeah. and we haven't yeah. actually solved a route coming through yet. Yeah. And we're work, working through that. We've got big salaries. We've got FDIs coming in yeah. that inflates the market. And I think the day might end. You know, if I was an engineer, I would be considered that I would be worrying that if that's the only skill I had. I maybe wasn't as well-rounded as individual controversial. I'm going to challenge that. that yeah. Engineers, the traditional engineers in a dark room coding are a dying breed. Yeah. And that's okay. It definitely could look like that. So um, so as part of our research, we had to look at uh, kind of how wages have moved uh, with um, software engineers. And um, the trend follows a bubble, you know, like a financial bubble or something, something like that. Um, so, so that means it's going to burst. Well, that's that's the that's the big question. You don't you don't know if it's a bubble until it bursts. Um, but we've seen um, kind of wages increase by about sixty percent over the past five years, um, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and you're looking at kind of um, wages that are about hundred, just over hundred percent above kind of Northern Irish. Uh, medium wages, okay. So, so it's, what so you're it's, saying is, don't get used to that lifestyle, engineers. Well, exactly. Um, uh, live with live within your means, as everybody should. And I think that's where, at that point, that you might rely on the other skills that we were chatting about earlier, or upskilling into something different and reposition yourself. So the the idea here is that you have many careers and be flexible. Well, that's it. Right? Yeah, that's it. And and um, the opportunity to just to be, just to be able to be enthusiastic and use technology to resolve kind of. Um, uh, uh, problems that everybody has is is extremely important, and and to, to to have the mindset where you can deconstruct a problem and logically try to um, understand how to solve it is just 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 the, and it all comes back to the four C's. Just just is just so important. Okay. Well, I suppose that wraps us up nicely. That uh, that might be your takeaway point. Almost the four C's. Steph, is there any? that you think these are challenges like we've identified there's a problem we're working through it as employers uh, what do you think needs to happen to prepare us for the new world 
of work, new skills. I probably referenced it, but there is that piece around shouting about what we need. We need to articulate the skills so people can prepare for them and understand that back to your point on, we don't have a single career in life and it's okay to try something. You can constantly evolve. We are constantly upskilling and we will continue to do that because we don't know what the future holds. We know that we need certain skills, but that will constantly evolve. So it's the openness, willingness to be prepared to constantly change. That's it, Owen. Any final words or thoughts on that? Technology is a great thing. Um, the world of work is changing and just to be adaptable and to be human and to, to try to understand your 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 environment and um, your economic environment, your social environment is extremely important. Yeah, and I suppose to sum up the heart factor what you said there, Steph, about shouting, we'll be loudest and most impactful if we come together. That's just okay. different employers come together, the schools, education, that they, they have one voice mm-hmm. and we need to be on the same page. Um, some really big hitting questions there that we're going to put to teachers, businesses and the wider community. If you like this, subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode in which we will be chatting to educators and talking about the problems that are faced daily in the classroom. I'm Rachel Golly for the New Ventures team at PwC. Be kind, stay curious, do good. See you next time. Mm-hmm.